Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Fullest Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Bostwick, and I'm here today with one of our longtime writers and a friend of mine, Christine Dionese. She is an integrative epigenetic health specialist and medical and lifestyle journalist. For nearly two decades in private practice, Christine has consulted with patients, clients, and cross-disciplinary medical professionals, shaping how we approach and optimize health in the modern world. And she is the host of a well-examined podcast. Hi, Christine. Hey, Nikki. Thanks for having me today. I'm so happy we could finally make this work. Yes. It's so funny because... You know, now that I'm a mom of a two-year-old, I just always look back on meeting Milan, your daughter, and just how you, you know, how you were as a parent when Milan was younger. I don't know how old she was when I met you. Do you know, like three? Or I think she, I think she was three when I brought her to the interview we did in Venice Beach together. Yeah, and she just was like, just she's always been. Um, a child that I like looked to and admired and just the way that her energy has always been really inspired me because I was never really the type of person that was interested in like having babies and really excited about raising them. Not that I like didn't think I would have my own kids, but I wasn't the person that thought about it much. And, um, and she was one of the first kids that I thought was so cute. And I admired the way that you raised her and the way that you guys interacted. So I felt like from that point on, I just really looked up to you in, you know, your views. And I realized, I didn't realize at that time, but I realized later on, especially once I became a mom, just how similar we view life and view um, certain things in the wellness world and how insane it is that it's so different than how most people view things. I had no idea that our beliefs were ever going to be considered controversial or, and, or even anyone else's business, to be honest. But the way everything ended up working out and the support that you gave me after, um, you know, learning about truth and his genetic condition. Um, I just really like, I just really appreciate you. And uh, you're always like the go-to for me. And just like anyone at the fullest team where if anything happens, <laughs> we need to figure out what she thinks we need to do either if that's like for our own health or for the health of our children. So I just want to thank you for that. And I'm um, I just want to share more about what you do with the world and the way you view um, medicine. And so let's talk a little bit about like your background and um, how you got started. I know it's in um, TCM, traditional Chinese medicine. So what got you there? Um, what got you into this, this wellness space? Well, first of all, thank you for saying all those beautiful, nice things about my child. <laughs> and uh, well, I guess it's just this fiery passion for helping people envision their own, um, you know, happiness and being able to carve out what they believe in their heart and their mind and bringing those things together. That's really where all my passion for medicine and wellness came from. I've always been a questioner. And that's something that my parents, especially my mother, always taught me. If something didn't align with my intuition, 
She always said, take a step back and question it. You know, look at the information in front of you. And so when I was a little kid, I had ear infections and all these issues with strep throat. And it wasn't until she brought me to her friend who was um, practicing naturopathic style medicine that everything in my life changed health-wise. So it was a you know marriage of how she had always taught me to trust my intuition and then opening up this whole perspective on how you know symptoms are a message to tune in and look at what's you know going on on that deep deep level so it always inspired and intrigued me and i wanted to be able to offer that to people where you bring together the psychology of your heart and mind and your intuition together with hardcore science and research and make that a truly holistic model. So at first I thought I was going to go down the path of um, holistic psychology. I almost moved to San Francisco and got my PhD in Palo Alto. And then through my undergrad in pre-med, clinical psych, Eastern philosophy, religious studies, all of that, it brought me to the knowing of, oh, I have to study integrative medicine, traditional Chinese medicine, so that I could learn how to personalize medicine for people. And then, you know, I went to medical school to study those things. And I think, you know, I was mentioning to you another time, everything that I've learned about epigenetics and immunology, all of that is, you know, combined independent study, but really it just all is fueled through the passion of helping people align their truest vision of wellness at the belief level and empower them to know that they can heal through their heart and mind. That's really where it all comes from. I love that. And thank you for, I mean, the way that you just explained everything. It's so funny that I didn't know this timeline or I didn't know that sent from your mom um, and like also just your background. I just, I knew that you knew what you were talking about. And so I just <laughs> because you know your stuff so I didn't even like question how does she know this but having that knowledge of you know what your education was and your passion for continuing that education is is a big deal because um like you said medicine is not one size fits all and like Chinese medicine has known that for ever so the fact that we believe here in the west that we can just give someone a pill and, um, you know, or a shot and that they're going to be okay. And they're going to react to it the same way is like truly just, I'm mind blowing. Um, and like, it's so funny when you were explaining, I recently listened and watched, um, the life of Rudolf Steiner or some documentary. I've been watching oh, a lot of documentaries awesome. on him I and that's him. really it's like exactly what he believes in. He believes in the science of spirituality and um, science, the marriage of spirituality and science, because he believes that we can't lose science, but science can't all of a sudden become its own religion. And like, that's kind of where we're headed. And I know you and I, um, you know, really see eye to eye on that. So I, I think it's important to bring those two together and, and, like one of the very first articles, and I talk about this all the time and we've talked about it, but one of the first articles you wrote for us was about intuitive 
eating and it's just and it was like about you eating pasta in Italy. It was so controversial, it, right? <laughs> yeah, at the time it was like, oh my God, like talking about eating pasta as a health food. But it's like it's true. And like that ended up all of a sudden for the fullest turning into like a freaking entire conference around like trusting your intuition and doing what you want and drinking wine and eating pasta when it feels right. Like that's what unwell was like, it was inspired by a few different writers of ours. One of which was your um, article and your writing. So I think that, you know, in the, the wellness world has kind of come a long way. I think people, at least more and more people that I connect with are seeing that it's important to be balanced. Um, but I, I don't think, I think balance means something different to everyone. And, and again, like going back to what we view, um, just our views on, um, medical freedom and like, it's interesting finding myself in a place of being balanced, but then, and like, really speaking to that in terms of like food, but still being like, just because I'm balanced doesn't mean that I'm just going to like all of a sudden go eat a bunch of genetically modified foods and like shoot myself up with genetically modified like vaccines. Right. Like of course not. Right. So I, yeah, I'm just curious what you would say to someone saying balance, you're not balanced, you're extreme because of X, Y, and Z. Like what, because there's no like box that we fit in anymore. And that's kind of what you and I are trying to share with the world is like, make your own decisions, um, do your own research, decide what works for you. But then we also kind of have these like hard rules, but those are just kind of for ourselves. So I'm just curious, what what's your take on all that? You know, it's so tricky for people to step outside of the narrative, whatever the narrative is, of it should be this way instead of that way. So I do this little, you know, visualization with people where I ask them to sort of close their eyes and picture themselves stepping into a sensory deprivation tank, you know, just in their, just in their own mind, or literally for some people, they'll just take a step, right. And they sit down and we just go through this meditation where we talk about the anatomy of a belief, you know, because I start at the belief level. Instead of asking somebody to ask themselves, does this information align with my beliefs? I think it's so important to begin with, what is the anatomy of a belief? If, if you want to yeah. ask why you perceive something the way that you do, I mean, it's obvious to say, oh, well, I hear all this information every day, right? But if you take a step out and you kind of go into this sensory deprivation space and you just focus on what makes up a belief. Where did that belief come from? Why do I believe that anyway? How did I get this belief in the first place? You know, start asking yourself those questions. I think it's a lot easier to feel grounded in your intuition and your perspective and be able to you know, respond to information. I mean, you and you and I agree on a lot of things, right? But we aren't here to be an echo chamber for one another. Obviously, we yeah. want to open people up for consideration. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I just invite, I always invite people, allow yourself the grace to just step out of where you are. And ask yourself about the anatomy of your beliefs and then go back 
and ask yourself, okay, well, maybe there's a little bit of work I need to do there so that I can attend to information differently before I just allow my subconscious to run amok and rule my life here. <laughs> so does that make sense to think of it that way from a little bit of a starting point to back up? Totally. I mean, yeah, I think that that's super important because if you're just all of a sudden starting at what are my beliefs, you're not looking at well, like who helped me create those beliefs. Like it's kind of like when you're in therapy and they're like, who's the voice in your head? And then you're like, Oh, it's my grandma. It's my mom. <laughs> they're the one, you know, it's not yeah. me. It's not my um, belief that I look this way. Maybe they told me I, you know, so I, I love that approach. I think it's super important because if you don't take that step back, then you're just, again, reiterating someone else's. Clinging message. is so much easier short-term. People just tend to do that. When someone's whole worldview is suddenly questioned, you know, one that's cemented forever, surrounding, like you just said, the people and the systems they've come to trust, then, you know, it can be really hard. It can be really tear people up to even make a slightly alternative consideration. Yeah, I totally I totally agree and see that. And I've seen that in myself. I've seen that in others. When you start to question things, um, it's just scary. It's scary to say, oh, wait, what? Like, this doesn't make sense. Like, it's easier to just say, no, this is the way it is. Well, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people love to do uh, you know, to prove themselves wrong or to do opposition research. Um, Janie Organically was talking about that the other day. And I think that's the only way to stay committed to ourselves, especially now. I mean, none of us are impervious to bias, right? But I know personally, I sure do love the truth. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. I do too. And it's funny because um, when you say that, it takes me back to this time in my life where I was like all about my just, you know, I graduated college and I was like, I need to go like find myself and I want to go do all these things. And I traveled and I did, you know, just soul searching. Right. But then like everything that I wanted to do, or maybe I had like heard about trying or whatever. Um, like I did ayahuasca or I did like different things, like random things. And, but I didn't want to do them because in the beginning, someone would say, oh my gosh, you should try this. It'll change your life. And then I was like, oh, but I like my life. I don't want to change my life. So then I was, I was scared to do certain things because I actually didn't want anything to change. Whereas I didn't realize like, it doesn't mean every, the whole world is going to crumble. It just means like, you're just gonna, you know, learn something new or it's, it's not a bad thing, but I think that happens a lot of times or like the older you get, I see, um, my grandparents or, um, my husband's grandparents, cause my grandparents aren't here with me anymore, but like just how easy it is to set in our ways and how now that I'm older, I'm realizing like, it really is a practice to challenge myself and to, um, look at things differently and to always be open. And like, it's con it's a constant, right? Right now I'm going through something with my mom and it's interesting because like I'm normally like it's really easy for me to just cut someone out if like I feel that they're not respecting me or you know boundaries are um, not being respected but then I 
like have to catch myself sometimes because I think that's like the easier way out. So I don't know. Anyways, it's such a tangent, but I think it all has to do with the same thing because like what you and I are talking about or what I, what I'm talking about is the media. I'm talking about everything, the algorithm lens and like, I'm going to go on another tangent here, but like I haven't (laughs) watched everyone's talking about the social dilemma. Have you seen it? No, I haven't watched it either. I have my own theories about um, how that. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's to deter people from, from source of alternative media, right? A hundred percent. So, like, it's so interesting because on one hand, I'm like, well, I've known this forever. Like, I don't, I don't have a phone that has apps on it anymore. I don't like going on social media. My whole company is on the internet, but like, I don't like really engaging too much on these platforms. But then again, I'm not like 100% off. I'm still here and there, but like when people watch these things and then they realize it, they're just like, I'm just not going to use this for a few months. It just so happens to be at the perfect time that it's during election season and then they'll just hop right back on. You know, it's just like, that's the way my mind works. But I also don't have a TV. Um, I just like, I try and stay away from things, but I'm not 100% like anything, you know? So I don't know. I, I think it's interesting that you had a similar thought though. That was just what initially came to mind when I saw... I just read one little blurb about it and that was instantaneously, but I'm trained, I'm trained for, you know, 20 years professionally to immediately dive to the deep end, just bam, dive to the deep end. I always am questioning. And I think that's a healthy aspect because I can neutralize information. I think that's another thing that's so important is, you know, you said sometimes you'll cut people out, but maybe the reframe is just allowing yourself the grace to pause and be a little bit more meditative about it, see how it resonates intuitively and just come to a place of neutrality, right? Hey everyone, as many of you have noticed, adaptogens are all the craze, but Kindroot took it a step further by combining nurturing adaptogenic herbs and other active ingredients with aromatherapy-inspired flavors in tiny, smooth, and delicious lozenges that perfectly integrate into anyone's daily routines. Lift your mood, sharpen your focus, unwind before bed, or get your glow on with plant lozenges that are gluten-free, made with organic ingredients, and are just two grams of sugar. Kindroot is offering 30% off plus free shipping on all of their orders just for our fullest fam. So go on their website and use code THEFULLEST30 at checkout and tell us what you think. Yeah, exactly. And it's interesting. So my next question is because I find myself like a hundred percent just looking and diving deep as well. Um, but my husband is much more like cautious and he sees where I'm coming from, but he's also like, Oh, you're just like, again, just always questioning, like such a good balance though. I love it. Yeah. Totally good balance. And I feel like Steve would be the same. So I'm curious how it is with you at home and like how you, you have, how old is Milan? Seven or eight? She's almost nine. She's eight and a half. Can you believe that? Crazy. So yeah, that is insane. So how are you, you know, showing her or because like, again, you don't want to like tell her 
question everything or maybe maybe it is a way of like communicating with her that but like just being the way that you are and questioning things the way you do I would assume she would just catch on on her own and be discerning she's really intuitive and I see her natural process she has basically adopted something that I do when someone brings something up that doesn't resonate with her intuitively she'll just take a step back and go that's interesting it's just that's how she neutralizes it so that wow. she's respectful to what the other person is saying and you know allowing herself the grace where are you kidding I only just started doing that maybe 10 years ago yeah. I would be so triggered um you know, even though I am a researcher or whatnot, but she's really, she's really good like that. I appreciate that about her. But we talk about, you know, because I was teaching her the scientific process last year in our first year of homeschool. And she was a little bored with it at first. So we started talking about, like I had mentioned the anatomy of a belief. We started talking about, well, what is the anatomy of a question? What does that really mean when you, you know, when you say to somebody, stay questioning, be hypervigilant in the information you receive. Based on whatever a person's underlying beliefs are, that may trigger fear, anxiety, etc. Yeah. Right? So um, that's why we pull things apart. Well, you know, what, what is a question? What does that really mean? What kind of information am I looking for? Why do I want to learn more? So it's just a little bit more of a lighthearted way of neutralizing really heavy, intense information because you may surprise yourself with what you learn if you're willing to table your own beliefs and come at things, you know, that way. I really admire that. Um, I just don't want to teach her to be fearful with everything. Like you said, oh, hey, Milan, you're eight years old, but you should be suspect of everything or hypercritical. Exactly. Exactly. And I think it's so important, that point that you brought up, because I think right now on social media, regardless of what your views are, it's always this like this idea of just fear seeping in to everything, whether you believe in medical freedom or not, both sides are guilty. And like, it is terrifying. Like I had to get off social media for the most part because I was like so stressed out about it all. Cause I was like, I, I do my own research and I know all these things, but I don't need someone like spewing this information at me at all day, every single day. And like that's causing fear. Like I love green med info, but like, I swear I cannot handle it for that long because I'm like, I like, I get it. You already told me this. Like, I don't want to hear it every single day, you know, yeah, in the like, delivery for sure. Yeah. And so like what the fullest, it's like, I love that. And we were just like talking about, you know, what is the fullest and what is our philosophy? And like, just kind of, we're doing a little brand refresh and it's like this tagline as nature intended, like came to us and it feels so right. But then I'm like, Oh my gosh, someone could totally see this and take it personally. If you know, they're in the trans community. And like, that's not what we mean at all, that that's wrong. Like I have friends that are trans that I absolutely love. And I'm like, I don't think anything about that. But then it's so interesting how one phrase can trigger someone or it could just feel so right to another person when it's like, I'm not even trying to do that. So when it comes to these laws that are being written that are hopefully their intention is to protect 
people and really help us. Like it is, you know, also triggering to other people who feel like, oh my gosh, you're taking our rights away. Like, how do you not see this? And that polarity causes so much fear in like both groups where it's like, oh my gosh, you're not going to do this. You're not going to vaccinate yourself. That means that I'm not going to be safe anymore. You know, or I don't know. It's just so crazy to me. And it reminds me of my husband, his grandmother. He tells me the story about how he was really little and he was in his grandma's car. And like, there were a bunch of helicopters and like, I don't know, airplanes, something like right above them when they were driving. And she like looks up and she's like, the Democrats are coming. And he's like, (laughs) grandma, like my dad's a Democrat. And she's like, no child of mine is a Democrat. What are you saying? And she was just like legitimately afraid and thought it was Democrats. And I'm like, oh my God, like how sad that like our mainstream media freaks people out to the point where they have to be afraid of each other just because of their political beliefs. Like it's so wild. It's so, oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, the, the lack of tools. It's because people are lectured too. They aren't handed, they're handed tools. Your food is grown for you. Everything's handed to you, you know? Take a week off of life and go forge your own way, right? I th- I feel like everybody's introduction into life, don't go to college. Send your kids to homesteading school for three months and see how they fare, right? I know, <laughs> seriously. I oh love that. And I went to this talk with Zach Bush um, a few months ago, and he oh was gosh, like, I love him. I love him so much, and I love Ion Biome, and I just love everything he says. And he was like, Our master's programs need to be out in the field. Like, that's where you should get your PhD. That yes. you need to be in, like, at one with nature, like in the meadow. And it's just such a different way of seeing life. And it's, It's super inspiring. And I really believe that if you said that to most people, it would resonate. But again, like it's in the delivery when you start like, I don't know, there's like trigger words and all these things. But I really believe that at the end of the day, we all want what's best for each other and what's best for the planet. And I don't think that people are necessarily like most people, obviously not everyone, most people went out to like, ruin other people's lives, you know? But the, yeah, what oh, do you think? I was just going to say, you know, going back to Zach Bush and this whole, um, you know, people should be out in the field. If you send medical students out into the field or a lab, okay, when you're in a lab, everything is controlled. All the information is controlled. Yeah. And out in the meadow, what are you seeing? You're seeing everything. So think about it. I mean, actually, you know what? This is a great time to discuss. Uh, a lot of people are questioning this whole host defense or germ theory, right? If yeah. I can use this as an example, because you're talking about how people make choices. If you're standing out in a field and you have an idea of the soil, the health of the soil, what's dictating it, you see all these different things growing, you're exposed to it. Suddenly, your neurology is just in consideration mode. We've tested this before. It's not a secret. When you're in a certain environment, your brain is naturally wiring itself for consideration. And so you then look at all of these different variables. When you're in a lab, you're looking at very few variables that either you've already semi-controlled for or someone has controlled for. So it's a narrow 
perspective. You're in a clean, sterile environment, right? So if you're looking at something, let's just say a symptom. I have a symptom. I'm in a lab. The perspective on that, again, is going to be narrow because I'm not taking into consideration what the natural environment is doing with me. Interacting with the natural environment. If I have a symptom and I think about an environmental perspective, I think, okay, what is the symptom trying to tell me? Is it that I am under or overexposed to certain type of water? under or overexposed to vitamin D, EMFs, um, you know, touching the soil. Am I getting my probiotic from a capsule or am I touching plants and soil? And is that getting into my eyes, ears, and nose? So being out in the field, oh my gosh, it's just so exhilarating, this, this idea. And more and more medical students who are studying integrative medicine, that's what they're doing. But the, the average person you know, get out of your house right now while we've got everything going on, uh, questioning how we want to attend to ourselves and <laughs> how we view information about our immune systems. Go outside. Go outside. See how your body interacts with the environment and then go out into the field, et cetera, et cetera. I know. It's so funny. Like alcohol sales have like just gone through the roof. Yeah. Like people are staying inside they're drinking and they're just on their screens and it's so the opposite of what you would think people should do when they want to take if you're worried about getting sick and you're worried about some crazy um you know illness that's going to come get you like you think that you would want to focus on your overall well-being by doing these things but like you're just you're told that that's bad for you, I guess. I don't know. It's so wild. But like right now though, I mean, I don't know, at least where I am or where we are, like California is opening up. Like it is crazy because on one hand I'm like, wait, oh my gosh, the park is open now or this is open. Oh, my restaurant has indoor dining now. Like this is so exciting. Like we're not in quarantine, but like, I think that the media still wants you to think that you are. But then when you do go outside, it's like, life is normal. Offices are open. There's traffic, you know, like, oh yeah, it's really interesting. <laughs> it's interesting when you like go outside and make your own decisions or be your own like news source because be your it's own so news source. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like all in all, I think that it's interesting to to be um, a person in this world who like inspires people to think um, differently and to think their own thoughts and to be their own researcher. And like you're doing that for so many people um, by writing for the fools, by having your own company, by by, you know, being that inspiration for Milan and your husband and just your family in general like we haven't even gone into I think this is actually really important if you're willing to share about it but like I think a lot of times there's this um there's this like perception that oh yeah like natural medicine you know is whatever but then like when shit gets real like you know we're not going to use that or Or just like if someone like you, like a specialist, oh, you've never really gone through anything yourself to know. But like you've gone through a lot, um, (laughs) a lot. 
And I, if you're like willing to share about your experience, I think it is wild because like on one hand, I mean, while you were going through your own stuff, then you like flew to New York to help your dad with like open heart surgery. Was it open heart surgery? Yeah. <laughs> so insane. I just want to like take a moment to like acknowledge that because you're, because not a lot of people know this. Um, I recently interviewed someone as well that was um, like basically certified to speak to hospital professionals and doctors when like a client of theirs would go um, have a procedure or like just have to go to the hospital because a lot of times hospital staff doesn't even um, acknowledge the family or what they're saying, like doesn't want to listen to them in terms of like, um, you know, medical advice or thoughts on like what route to go. Um, I don't know if I'm explaining that correctly, but yeah, definitely. From experience, like when my when my grandfather, who ultimately ended up passing from um, a heart attack, but it was actually medical malpractice that led to it, I noticed that like what they were giving him um, to help with his sodium levels was like every time they'd administer it, it would affect him in a weird way. And he ended up dying from a heart attack because of the sodium and potassium levels that like they effed up on essentially. Um, because like that directly correlates with your heart. <laughs> like they're like, oh, if he doesn't have a heart problem, it's fine. I was like, he had a heart attack. He mm-hmm. like years ago, that means he has a heart problem. Like stop giving this to him. But he ultimately died from medical malpractice. And like that, I, that's the third leading cause of death in this country. So I'm curious for you as someone um, who believes in natural medicine and integrated medicine, but also, you know, in times you've needed to go to the hospital or to help um, your own father when he's there. I'm just curious your perspective on all that or if you're willing to share what you've gone through. Yeah, thanks for asking me about this. It's so important on so many different levels. So just starting from the place of advocacy, I've always been in a position uh, because of working in an integrative model. So I should you know, tell everybody listening, I've worked in every level and facet of medicine you can imagine. Um, you know, I did my rounds in hospital in Radies Children's Hospital here in San Diego. And my school actually started the integrative medical program there. So I had a really incredible time interfacing and learning how the hospital system works or is fractured. <laughs> Maybe yeah. I say um, I learned a lot of troubleshooting at that time. So, as far as advocacy goes, you know, like you said, you were there, you were, um, you know, presenting information, but you may not have known who to tell. Maybe you're just talking to one attending nurse. You, you know, who you really needed to speak to could have been the hospitalist, could have been the attending, and you, you know, you don't know. And part of that is because a lot of us end up in hospital settings. And we come from a system that doesn't integrate comorbidities. We, we, first of all, we don't work on a preventive level. And then we only find out that we have something going on once it becomes emergent, right? So it could be challenging to even be someone's advocate when you don't even know what their comorbidities are or pre-existing conditions, right? So yeah. um, for, for me in my own experience, when I've ended up in the hospital with um, family members, I immediately know, who I need to go talk to, how to talk to them, and how to get them to do what I want them to do, right? So yeah. the scenario is, um, 
nurses, they make the hospital go round, but they still function uh, under their superiors. Uh, you know, I had a family member who was in the hospital and they only got the type of care that they did because I immediately worked with the hospitalist. And it just so happens that my father, he was in an incredible care setting where part of my family works and that was great. But the, you know, the part that I know that you were asking me about my own personal experience. Um, so for those of, you know, you out there, let me share this with you. So I had um, what's called a molar pregnancy. It's very rare and it's a type of miscarriage. And I ended up in the hospital while my dad was just coming out of the hospital in Rochester, New York. We were taking care of him. And I had suspected that this was what was going on. I miscarried at home at my parents' house and I lost so much blood that I needed to go for a blood transfusion. Blood transfusion. So most people don't walk in the hospital door and say, you know, what their vitals are, everything about their health history. And oh, by the way, I'm here to get a blood transfusion. Send me in right away. They kind of looked at me like, what? people don't come in a la carte ordering <laughs> a blood transfusion. And I said, I, I suspect I've had this type of miscarriage, so on and so forth. Well, they were not able to find any evidence of what I had suspected, right? And so they were able to stabilize me through my own advocacy. Uh, and that was kind of that. It wasn't the greatest experience. It wasn't the worst experience. But had I gone in there and not known any of that or been able to speak up for myself, I can only imagine what it would have turned out like. But anyway, I traveled back to San Diego, where I live now, and I was still on, I was still unwell. Something wasn't right. And I ended up going back into the hospital and, you know, telling them, look, I was in New York. This is what happened. And I suspect that this was a molar pregnancy that they weren't able to diagnose, et cetera, et cetera. And it turned out that that was what was happening. And it almost became life-threatening for me um, because it wasn't fully taken care of. Uh, so wow. yeah, I ended up with a really incredible surgeon who happened to be there at six in the morning and he called me, you know, two weeks after and said, my dear, you are your own best advocate. And, you know, you speaking up for yourself is what made a huge difference in how this turned out for you, you know? And so that's, the, that's just the, the thing, you know, people don't question or they don't know who to talk to, even when they want to question. You have to go in there like you own the place, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but medical freedom and medical advocacy and knowing your rights, I mean, that is probably the biggest thing. When you talk about preventive med preventative medicine, the most natural way to take care of yourself is to have ownership over your health, period, first and foremost, at least so that you have all the tools to make your own decisions and conventional medicine isn't set up to teach us that in any way shape or form right now it just it just isn't whether anyone out there thinks it is uh there's way more to the picture is <laughs> you know what i can say after having my own experience as a medical professional so christine this is amazing and it literally brought me to tears because it was it, it's beautiful that the surgeon called you and said that because it just re-informed you or, you know, reinforced is the word I was thinking of, um, 
just what you've been living your whole life and what you've been advocating for. So just to have someone say that to you must have felt so good and so reassuring. And especially after what you went through, I mean, God, the fact that you traveled after that from New York to California and then that happened to you, I mean, that is unbelievable. And, and you experiencing that, like we can all learn from being our own advocates and trusting our intuition again, like, yes, you, you researched that. And so you knew that was going on, but it was also your intuition that was telling you that. So I think, I think that was a really important story to share. And I really appreciate you sharing that with all of us. You know, Nikki, even being a medical professional, they still wanted to suggest to me that something else was going on uh, or downplay it. And I was definitely, I knew I was fighting for my life at that point. And it didn't matter what they thought. I needed to pull out all the stops. And that's where people freeze up and they get scared. And that is, yeah. that is what I want to inspire people to be willing to do for themselves. It's just, you know, go, go for it. I mean, stop at nothing to save your own life. <laughs> and that was my, you know, first time ever experiencing a feeling of, I am actually fighting for my own life right now. And it wasn't a situation of, I felt like I needed to control. Oh, I have to be in control. I need to tell them what to do. I know more than them. It wasn't like that. It was, yeah. you know, different. So yeah, no, I totally agree. Thanks for letting me share that story. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you for coming on and just sharing with us in general. I love you. I love your energy. I love everything you have to share with the world. And so I want people to continue to connect with you. And I know that um, I've mentioned this already. You write for the fullest. So you always have so many wonderful things to share on our platform, but you also have your own things going on. So please tell us how people can stay connected with you. Oh, thank you. Well, I do love Instagram as a platform to connect with, uh, you know, new people. And I am hosting my own podcast. It's at Well Examined. And I should say, to everybody that podcast was birthed through the fullest and I love the fullest and I've always had such a fun time uh you know being part of the fullest because you stay questioning and you are so open to learning and doing right by the other people in your life in the community I appreciate that but yeah I love when people connect with me through Instagram listen and subscribe to well examined and yeah i'm still consulting with people too so you can connect with me at uh, christinedinesconsulting.com as well awesome thanks so much christine it was so fun chatting with you totally thank you so much nikki 